secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business. And today, my guest is Mario Beckes, and he is the human intelligence expert. His company is called Insight Intelligence, and you have been doing that for about 14 and a half years, which is awesome. So first, let's start by talking about what it is that you do exactly at Insight Intelligence. Okay, we all remember that moment when somebody took advantage of us. Well, that's where I fit in. Never happened again. So there's a three pillars, three F's, three pillars of my business, uh, fight, freedom, and the fear. Fear to be taken advantage of. You know, that's that's a given. Everybody has the moment in life and someone's going to take advantage of them financially, emotionally, in, you know, any other shape, size, or form. Then is the fight as well. So, like that's where the, my company, Intelligence Group, we take it. We step inside into the ring with the perpetrators, with the fraudsters, with the criminals, everybody else. We investigate in those those occurrences and these negative, um, unlawful events happen to somebody, or individual basis, or corporate basis. And then, of course, this is freedom. What's the freedom? So you can continue your work, and we are taking the burden dealing with the problems arising in your organization, particularly when it comes to the uh, fraud, insurance claims, workers' compensation, theft at the workplace, uh, theft of the intellectual property. So that's where the inside intelligence fits. As well, uh, in the last past 14 years, I expanded that business from being the single operator, which, you know, everything starts as a small nucleus. Um, I'm very thankful I have a great staff. I employed a very, very... Um, uh, Smart people, not just a smart, but very, very hungry people for to prove that they are good in the market and uh, people who love to fight in, I mean, in a ring against the perpetrators of criminals. So that's an inside intelligence group in a nutshell. That's fantastic. And let's just talk about what uh, your ideal client would look like. So, you know, size of company, their situation, um, what would be the just ideal? Not the only one you'd serve, but... Ideally, my ideal client is a corporation. Corporation who deals with the main power internally, who has the problems with the day uh, workers' compensation claims to prove, you know, means the genuine claims or not, and of course, insurance companies which we're dealing and the banks insurance and bank sector which we're dealing, life insurances, medical insurances, and all these type of the uh, fraudulent activities in insurance sectors. That's that's the major client, you know, I prefer to have. Oh, very cool. And I will have all of your information attached to this website, uh, to this podcast. So um, people will be able to reach you if, if they have such a need. Thank you. Um, but meanwhile, we may go back to that because it is actually really interesting work. And I'm going to guess um, it's becoming more and more popular too, just because there's more and more fraud and there's all these uh, evil genius um, <laughs> criminals out there that should be using their minds for good instead of evil yeah. and actually getting some, some, some stuff done. 
Um, so that has only grown more and more as technology has changed. And uh, I'm, I'm only going to hope that you're going to get even busier and busier, I guess. Uh, I guess I hope uh, that. Unfortunately, yeah. that, that is a trend. And, you know, you, you nail it, this, Catherine, um, as we are slipping into recession, um, we don't need to go far away in the past. And I mean, every time there's some financial downturns on a market, of course, it's going to instigate uh, the fraudulent activities by even people we believe never will do it. Mm. Oh, that's that's really a good point. Well, let me let me ask this. I mean, I was going to move on to the next question, but I I, I do have some questions about this. <laughs> so, um, what are, um, what are some tips that you have for people? you know, as far as being able to protect themselves before you have to get involved? Look, on an individual basis, I always say, uh, be careful what you put there in out, out of world, like social media. Social media, it's, it's as much as we love social media, as much as we love to be seen and heard and be recognized, everything else. Um, particularly when it comes to the season of, of holidays, particularly it's the Christmas season, you know, don't, don't show the people that on social media that you're away, you know I mean? Show this mm-hmm. when you come back because... As much as somebody believes is not important, irrelevant, or doesn't have enough to offer, uh, the break and enter is a common thing. Uh, fraud is another thing. Identity theft is another thing. So you know, kidnapping ransom is gonna it, it is becoming very, very um, high, high spike. You know, up. You know, uh, extortions and blackmailing because people have the money and the kids were trained to have the money. Maybe family doesn't have the money, but kids are on social media. So be aware of the social media. Um, one biggest um, lesson I learned in my life when I started my career at age 14 and I remember this This she was professor on, on, on military academy and she always told us that all problems coming to the door and leaving to the door same with the organization uh, working from home actually as much as we love to work from home I wake up in the morning in our PJs and having coffee behind the desk and you know be a little bit lazy when I said that be careful what's coming through the door the who you employ, it, it is very, very important. And as well, the, um, I remember when I was working with, um, with one American team during the 90s, and uh, we just have to briefly touch something about ballistic missiles and everything else, and they're like, oh, don't ask me this question. So I'm just curious, you know, <laughs> just, guys, how many you have all these things? And the one thing uh, the person told me, the in charge general with two stars, he, he told me, very simply, so like we don't assemble, don't construct all these things in one spot. We have a multiple loca- locations, multiple people, so enemy can come across. Same goes with the for corporations. If you decide to work from home, try to leverage that to manage that risk, uh, transfer the risk on on other departments, um, and uh, as well, be careful who you're hiring. So that's the two tips I was going to say: transfer the risk and uh, be careful who is coming through the door and who is leaving. On your door as well. I think that's fantastic. Fantastic advice. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, okay, so question number two. We're going to talk about Mario when when you were a child. Um, when you were young, yes. When you were young, what were some of the things that you used to do for fun? Oof. Look, I grew up in different society. Like, um, first of all, I want I wanted people to picture this. You know, I mean, everything doesn't matter what season it is, doesn't matter how warm or cold it is. In communism, everything's gray and everything's look like it looks like a big dystopian society. Everything's gray. There's no colors. There's no you know this. I, I can't explain to people like it just doesn't make a sense. 
Um, so as a kid, you know, like I, I daydream a lot. That that was for me. It was daydreaming. In um, I always wanted to be uh, uh, the soldier. So I said to people, "Be careful what you wish for," because oh, re- <laughs> my yeah. wishes did come true, <laughs> really, <laughs> literally. Um, so what I did, it's a lot of uh, playing uh, with my friends, and we done a lot of this. Um, dreaming, I must say dreaming, Catherine. I mean, it was everything we want there. We're going to, oh, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to do that. And that, that was my biggest, uh, growing up issue, a part of, you know, stealing chocolates from the shops and, you know. Well, when you say, uh, like daydreaming, things like that, is that, uh, are you talking about like imaginary play? Like you would like play soldier or you would, uh, you know. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a, that was a lot of this, you know I mean? Like, look, I grew up. You know, and in, in, in communism, like even in communism, you have a society, uh, couple tiers of society. My parents were, were the simple peasants, you know, they were workers in factory. And for me, it was required to finish uh, primary school at least, that's our eighth grades, and then just go clean the streets. That that That's expectations from my parents, right? I said, no, no, one day I'm going to be the general and this and that. And why are you saying these things? You more the society hammers you down. And then, of course, you go to school. Then you have the different group of the kids. Of course, you know, you always belong at the end, you know what I mean? So, like, what I did, actually, I turned myself towards the uh, naughty side of the life. So, I started associating myself with the, with the, with the rough guys, right, and mm-hmm. tough guys, and try to prove myself how worthy, how worthy I am. Um, and, you know, you're thinking that, you know, I end up in juvenile at age 12 because I stabbed somebody with a screwdriver. And I'm not proud of this one, but, you know... No, it was this my, is all funny yeah. story. It's all all so interesting because you're not there anymore. You know, you you did no, get no, no. Because like literally, my parents, you know, make it a presidio at age fourteen on a Christmas Eve, nineteen eighty six. My parents kicked me out of the house and they told me, you know, I mean, literally through the couple, beautiful, warm, loving words, you know. It's like so. My <laughs> grandfather took me, and um, yeah, because my parents only they knew it. Um, you know, I don't blame them anymore. I, I, I used to be. But I want to, let's go say, be like other kid, you know, have the new school bag, you know. If I say new school bag, my father will bash me. And I remember having the shoe box, if I may say that, you know, of the Nike sneakers. I don't know where this come from. And, you know, my father was still that apart because I was having the shoe box. I was looking as a, as an altar in a church, you know what I mean? Like, you can imagine 84, like, you know, oh, my God, you know, like, have the something from the West. So... My grandfather was a was a was a was an ultimate instrument to um, show me that part. You know, he's the first man in my life who um, showed me the love. Even he was very uh, robust man. He was the second in charge of the secret police in Yugoslavia, and he sent me military school. Even um, I didn't wanted to go because I didn't have a grades, so I didn't want to embarrass him. But he used the opportunity. He sent me there, so I became the soldier at age fourteen. You know, can you imagine wow. young communist? Young communist, you know, the red star, like, you know. <laughs> but I found myself in that um, environment very well. And when you say, when I say daydreaming, yeah, like, we, we had the role plays a lot. Uh, we, were, we were lamenting, you know, somebody would bring some magazines from overseas, right? Mm-hmm. And we would, like, to see something. We had no idea what says inside. Like, nobody doesn't know English very well because official language was Russian, you know, only chosen ones will learn English. Everybody else will learn <laughs> Russian. It's like... <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Eh? Yeah, well, um, look at you now, though. <laughs> yeah, like, it just... It doesn't make a sense, like... <laughs> and, you know, people bring magazines from overseas. Um, 
And then was, as you, as you remember, like in eighties was a big uh, economic crisis, and uh, I remember standing in front of the shops for the for ten, twelve hours with my mom. You know, my mom should drink the grappa, and I mean, like secretly, like every lady, I'm sitting standing there to get one kilo of the salt. You know, I mean, one kilo of the sugar. And I was like, long live the communism, it's great. You know, I was like, well, this is cannot be great. Anyway, <laughs> so we always dreaming when we see these magazines comparing what we're living here. It's like, why these kids in Venice Beach in, in USA have the, why they have ice cream? You know, I mean, why we don't have ice cream like this? You know, why we don't have the weights like this? Why we have done this? And, um, you know, younger generation tried to break that, that cycle of, uh, that was a communist system was always afraid because you can't just, put 10 years old in prison, right? I mean, you can't, physically can't. But, right. Uh, yeah, we push a boundaries and, you know, eventually I realized that I'm dreaming a lot, not me, but everybody dreaming. And the dreaming was forbidden by parents first because reality is you need to finish school, you go in the army to ease and um, you find your woman married and um, die, literally die. Yeah, that's, and just, that's the life. just keep repeating to the same, you know, the same generation after generation. Yeah, but yeah. you did break the cycle, so let's talk about that. Um, what happened that was the catalyst for this big change? I always say, I say okay, Catherine, I don't know mechanisms. I don't know how this works. But the dreaming does work. You know? I mean, that's, it you know, does. I remember. It does. Uh, I, I, I can't explain. Like, in 80s, when we go into cinema, you know, the movie will come like a one year later or something like this. Like, I, mm-hmm. I remember first Rocky was 1979, I saw 1985, and I was like, what's happened here? <laughs> I mean, like, the, the Rocky's already six years older then, right? <laughs> but I do remember the Top Gun movie come, first one, and um, that was a big change. I was in military school, and I said to myself, Jesus, like, these people, look at what they're playing, they have, you know what I mean? Um, and I said, these Americans, you know, have they're gonna they're gonna smash us, you know. What I mean, and then you know we all talk like you know we'll, we all gonna live forever happily in communism. And I do remember 1990, uh, the Yugoslavia start falling apart. Six republics, two territories, you know, starting to this state of you know everybody wants to break out. Um, so on the 14th of July, long story short, 1991, I wake up in the morning, military police on my door. Night before, I was doing crime in Rio because my girlfriend, she left me and my all my dreams just crashed, you know what I mean? I was 18, she was 15. It's a lot, it was illegal, let me say this. <laughs> it was illegal on the paper. Uh, and my dreams, like, you know, just I was just sunk in. I mean, anyway, military police on the door. And they report I'm in barracks and so like, you know, I'm on a holiday, I'm going to academy in two months' time. What, 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 what's, you don't argue very much. So, but the time I was walking downstairs and I need to dress myself first, I saw the uh, paper on a on table. My parents left me note because I was spending holidays with my parents, mm-hmm. um, despite everything. Um, they, they brought me just, we okay, and they just go Wow. Like, it's like, wow, I, I was 18 years old. And mm-hmm. as I was walking downstairs, um, and of course, uh, being the man in communism and in that stage, you're smoking and drinking, you know, I try to be older than you are, right? And sure, sure. I'm walking downstairs. And the rest was history. I saw like people I know, they become my enemy. So the, the war actually physically started the day before, night before. And I was so drunk, you know, because it was, my heart was broken. 
<laughs> so broke so many times. Oh, so, <laughs> so yeah, like in, in reality, like I walking downstairs and some of my buddies um, uh, said, I uh, asked some of my friends in the coffee shop, so what's happening? So I saw that the division uh, becomes between Serbs and Croats. Uh, that was one thing. And the Croatia was being attacked by the same federal army I was serving. Um, so they they tried to squash rebellion, basically. That's what they did. Uh, and a um, few hours later, I was on a bus to capital city of Croatia, reporting there, and uh, I entered the formation presidential guard, uh, special forces, and, you know, I was 18 years old, and um, I became living life of the rumble. I think to myself, now I'm going to show, like, from the movies. <laughs> it didn't work that way. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like you know, be careful what you wish for. So you know, then six six years later, um, you know, I was a war finished. So eighteen hundred consecutive combat days and a few times wounded and and all I had even then, if I may say, I'm sorry, I take it too long to your viewers and listeners. Uh, no, no, on the fifteenth no. of January ninety two, uh, Croatia has been uh, recognized. America, Vatican, Germany says, okay, here we go, independence. 50 January, and I do remember Catherine. I, I said, like, I can't explain this to people. In my unit, I had the people who were the 60 plus years old because there was no manpower. All these rough and tough guys I was looking high, they'd gone. These all alpha males disappeared. All A grade students, somehow, they, they cannot go in a war because they are so special. So it's always, you know, peasants and the middle class like me, you know what I mean? But I enjoy it. So, but that towards the end of the November 1991, we were losing war. Like, I knew we were going to lose war because it was just a question of time. And something happened magically. It happened. Uh, UN stepped in and status quo. And Croatia got independence. And that moment, I remember we were in the trenches. We have this big shipping container. And I have a, like a 60% was a people. My main power was a 60 plus is old. They're old people. Mm-hmm. And I was 19 years old. And I remember, Catherine, there was a TV, some, some, you know, the big, big box TVs. <laughs> and on right. TV was a girl was dancing in bikini eating McDonald's. <laughs> and the, I look at that, you know, with my eye, one eye, I saw the plane going, you know, some sky. And I said, like, this plane is going on Ibiza. I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to dance with these chicks and everything else. <laughs> and everybody says, yeah, boss, yeah, right. And seven days later, I was on a plane to Australia. So... Wow. Oh, no. I take a little bit longer. So what I try to say, again, I wanted that that cheeseburger and the bikini, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like everything, all these things. And um, <laughs> I want to play. So. I mean, so, yeah. I don't think I could um, have, I, I don't think I have ever heard such a great story about visualization in my entire life. <laughs> Your story is amazing for one. Thank you. Uh, Thank because you. like I said, now look at you, you are doing such wonderful things and you have your you know, your own podcast. And apparently you um, have a Guinness world record, which I'm going to ask about. <laughs> and yes. you had this company for, like for like 14 years and things like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's all just because you just kept wanting more. You just kept, you know, visualizing, I, you know, if it was, you know, something as simple as a cheeseburger, you know, was it like, you know, I want a big picture to get a Ferrari. And I, want, I mean, it was just really simple yeah. steps, you know, t- you know, tangible steps to kind of get you to where you needed to go. And it's, like I said, it's the perfect example of how if you, my, I mean, my visualization was much, much smaller because I grew up in poverty too. And yes. I just wanted um, to have clothes like Jan, uh, Marsha Brady on the Brady Bunch, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but it was a, a TV show on uh, in this country. 
And so I would just draw her clothes and my face on it, you know, and just <laughs> continuously. Oh my God. And then it was, then I would draw about houses, you know, nice houses that had more than one bathroom and, mm. <laughs> and things like that. But, you know, at a much, much, much grander scale, I mean, it's, it's essentially what you do too. And there is so much to that. And it, it is not just because you could have very easily only have focused on this life as a soldier, totally yes. been caught in your, in your misery and your situation and i mean the the world around you like a lot of other people did but you thought bigger and you you wanted more and and you made it happen and i i think that you say you said this very well Catherine. you said this very well like i you know i i say i i'm not the expert in quantum physics i, I can't tell the people how things works you know there were things was happened to me on nice way there's things happened to me uh very negative they have a very negative impact on me because I didn't know um, how to react. And right. um, as as you wish some things, you you're getting the the rubbish in your life as well. So sometimes you oh, yes. hug this yes. this negativity and then brings you down. So you know, I, I wanted to be spy, then become the spy. That's how I come to Australia. So the thing is, uh, we all wanted something, but my biggest problem was I never understood people around me who told me stop dreaming, stop thinking, stop desiring. That that was mm-hmm. for me biggest um i'm pretty sure you experienced this as, as well in your life stop dreaming stop doing this right. oh it's a waste and, of time why why waste yeah. your time you should be working harder you should be you know just <laughs> worrying about how you're gonna you know pay for your rent or something like that yeah That's it was it. it was always very much considered a waste of time all of it the painting the dreaming the you know um just all of it the writing everything and it's and it's just so wrong because our life could be so different if we just kind of embrace it. And it, it seems very, you know, it, it is kind of mysterious and a lot of people don't believe it because it's not something tangible. Um, but the whole point of this podcast and to talking to people but like you is, is that this, it really does happen. And I, I want to bring more examples to other people yeah. so they can get out of that, that, uh, and you're doing this very well, Katrin, so and, I'm very and everything. So so awesome. That is, that is just so great. So what do you, Thank you, you have, okay. So you have this business. I'm sure you're working very hard because that's how we're wired, but what are you doing now? That is, are you still visualizing things? Are you, um, oh, have you picked up a sport or some sort of creative thing, <laughs> you know, that you would like to share? What are, what are you doing now? Look, my son says to me, uh, that time, like, uh, uh, that movie, uh, curious case of Benjamin Button. He says to me, like, oh, you know, yes. older you are, you become <laughs> Oh, and I said to him, yeah, I said, why is that? He says to me, I said, like, maybe it's a midlife crisis. And, you know, he studied medicine. He says to me, dude, dude, you know, the friends, uh, fathers of my friends, you know, they, they're looking for retirement. You are doing this, you're doing that. I said, Matteo, do I'm embarrassing you? I asked my son, am I embarrassing you? He says to me, no, but he says, it's all normal that 50 years old man, he's looking for the more life. Recently, I watched something very interesting on TV. It's called The Blue Zones on Netflix. And um, the, the, the guy was exploring why the people have longevity, some nations and some of this. Mm, yes. And uh, they discovered one common thread it is, um, they call it in Japan Ikigai or somewhere else, something different, but it's a purpose in life. Yes. And yes. I decided, of course, Catherine, of course, I, I desired. You know I mean? Like, if you think I didn't decide... I wanted to have the interview in, in US. Now I have, you know, I mean, like I never had the interview in the US. And seriously, um, I'm still daydreaming. I, I still believe in that it's it's more in 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 me life than 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 people wanted to be lower. Because I remember my mom. My mom she was in her 40s and she was ready 
she was very old woman and she was like, oh my God, I'm so old. I can't wait to die. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you serious? Like, you know, what, what's the problem with you? And she was probably so, by age wise, very young. Yeah. And, and look, she died young, you know, she's done mid fifties because, and she says, I'm tired. I can't live my life. anymore." Oh. I'm like, wow. You know, that, that was for sad. me. And that's what we are living in society who is, um, the, the, the people wishing, they're desiring, but they don't want to work on this. And I said, like, nothing comes, doesn't fall from the sky. Like, nothing. Right. I Sometimes I'm joking, like, I'm, you know, dreaming about unicorns and midgets and, you know, the fairy tales and all these things. My life was a little bit different than most of the men. Uh, I live in a life in thick of the action. I was the guy who was um, stealing people, hacking their brains, literally, and, and when I was working in human intelligence, and then I decided one day, I said, like, I'm going to do more. I give society to be more back. And the only way I can do back it is through my podcast. Even I was told not to do it and um, mm-hmm. because uh, English is my fifth language. Uh, don't write the books because English is, you, you can't do this. And then I met somebody in my life, a second man in my life, his professor, well, it's two of them, Professor Clive Smallman and Professor Troy Whitford. Um, who told me you need to study. I was like, my, how can you study on English? You know, I basically can speak on English. No, 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 no. It's not. Then explained to me, it's not what you're by nature, but by nurture. And I needed like an Oxford Dictionary and a Google Translator and an AI to say, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so like eventually, you know, I started writing books and, you know, doing my master's and, you know, I saw that things are changing you know, better. I acquire more knowledge and become more curious but then, then I realized the only way I can give back to people, to society, you know, it's to demonstrate on my example that it's possible, that impossible, it's possible. And my purpose, it is I see myself that share my life story, and I'm pretty sure you, Catherine, as well, your, yes. your life, it is here to give people that uh, basic knowledge, which is most important. It's like a photography. Photography cannot be successful if you don't understand the light. Same goes with the basic knowledge about, about life itself. And I want people to understand and learn from you, from me, and everybody who is willing on my podcast, your podcast, whatever, to share that knowledge and stay there as a purpose-driven uh, knowledge acquired for others. That's you just perfect. said it's one breath day. Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's, just no, that's, that's so perfect and wonderful. And again, you are just a, um, a perfect example of how it is all possible, how it is all possible. And I, you should be very We are all. We are all. You as well. It's like, you know, when you look at your artwork, you know, guys, I want you to go on the Catherine personal website that's like you know the art come on seriously like you know I. oh like, thank you <laughs> you need creating from nothing something it's, the book is a different podcast is a different it's already there but creating white canvas you know there's yeah. many these coaches says like imagine the white canvas and paint how to paint man how show me that's what you did to us so thank you yes, for sharing that, your your work that is very true thank you thank you so much for that now about this Guinness World's record holder yeah. What, what is that for? Well, that's going to cost you 500 bucks. Eh? Okay, so the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to share, but you have it on your LinkedIn page. So I have to ask. Yeah, look, as I said, like, look, I, I come in from a very, very simple, small city. It's a fourth largest city in Croatia called Osijek, 50,000 people. Um, and that's like, I grew up because I love people. I, I loved people to tell me what I can, what I cannot do it. 
However, life throws you all type of balls. You let's just say I say I want to one day have my business, and you know, running business it's a one thing, but starting businesses it's it's difficult. People say it's easy. It's ah oh, man, it's so difficult. I hate those stories. You know, I started in my mom my mom wardrobe or my mom bedroom or something. It's like stop it. You know, what I mean, it does a lot that way because you need to work in to have the clients. As I grow uh, in a business. I was contemplating something with my son. So my son, he was unfortunately diagnosed with epilepsy at age nine. He's okay now. So for 12 years, for 10 years, sorry, he was, was dragging this and he had a big brain surgery two years ago. And now he's okay. Um, so like, you know, he got all clear and everything else. So in that process, I told him, I will fight as a Benjamin Button uh, and you will follow my lead. And he said, okay, do it. Then I was daddy. Now I'm dude. You know, I mean, <laughs> first I was dead, and now I'm dude. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but mommy is a mommy, right? Anyway, um, but the thing is, I said to him, I'll do something and prove to you that impossible is possible. And you know, I need to take consideration a couple things. And I said, like, how I can create something with a um, to to have an echo in, in across the globe so people can learn from this instead of just me saying, yeah, I did it, I did it. As I started, I told you, I mentioned these two gentlemen, Professor Clive Smallman, Professor Troy Whitford. Uh, I started running the radio talk show, uh, Business Insights, and then later Life the Battlefield. I realized, okay, let me do something crazy. Let me do continuous broadcasting. And I check, it's like it's 52 hours was the current time. It's like, ah, 52 hours. I remember 30 years ago when I was in a war, like I could sleep, no sleep for days. That was the biggest lie. I just lied myself. Of course, we slept. And uh, I, I, um, I registered myself to the to the Guinness World Record, and um, I got on my local radio station. They supported me uh, very well. And of course, you know, it was okay first thirty hours. After thirty fourth hour, I, I felt I was I was doing. I have enough. You know, what I mean, because I need to sleep. Because everybody comes and going. Everybody's so happy taking the selfies. And my body just melting, and I mean, I, I yes. didn't lose, lost the weight. I, I wanted to lose the weight. I was thinking myself, I'm going to lose these five kilos, you know, I'm not sleeping, but that didn't work that way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I managed to not sleep for 56 hours, 57 hours and 25 minutes. Uh, sorry, I'm lying. 55 hours and 25 minutes was my record, three hours and three and a half hours more than uh, previous guys. Uh, they were a couple from England, so I was on my own. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping that this is going to... Um, instigating people and in um that they can do it if i can do it uh, i can you know yeah. so we have another two more records and we're gonna share this little bit later okay well, yeah we don't 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 share it all we no. have to we no. have you know that'll give us a chance so, to talk again that, that's the reason why it's done that's it it's done in this in this first of may started 29th of april finished first of may and thank you for asking so guys don't believe what other people tell you you can do it doesn't matter you know where you are, what you do. If you have your dream, your goal, you'll do it. I love it. I love it. And I, that's, I think, the perfect way to, to end the podcast. Um, you are Thank just you. a perfect example of, of just, you know, getting it done, you know, seeing something that you want, making it happen. And also something, too, that's worth mentioning is really taking advantage of the opportunities, too. I think some people just don't see them because they don't think they're either they're worthy or they're lucky enough or... Um, they're just so lost, but always keep, you know, an eye out for those opportunities too. And I, you did exactly that. And like I said, you have a, a great business now and 
all that information will be in, in noted um, with the with the podcast, so they can get in touch with you or learn more about you. And you know, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I really, you. really thank appreciate you. this. Thank you, Catherine. It's true pleasure, and thank you for having me on your podcast. It is, uh, you know, like I said, like in, I always want to meet the artist. I mean, I can say now, uh, I never met the artist, but somebody who is means a lot to me because I know how the artist, artist people have the more things in their brain, you know, they're thinking, they're seeing things. So, yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for having me on your, on your, on your show, Catherine. We appreciate it. To all your listeners, thank you for, for spending time with us today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.